Hello, and welcome to the Woodard Report podcast, where we empower business advisors to transform businesses. This podcast is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice. And it is proudly sponsored by Expensify. For more information about Expensify, please visit woodard.com slash podcast. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. I'm excited about today's episode because this is the first time that I can be in the other side of the equation. I've been interviewed by Blake Oliver many times on what was formerly known as the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Now it's just the Accounting Podcast. Smart move, by the way, there, Blake. And also with Earmark. So, Blake, welcome to the Woodard Report Podcast. Joe, thanks so much for having me. It is so great to talk to you today. Yeah, I tell you what, we've got a big topic for today, too. We're going to be talking about this latest press release from Intuit. It is hot off the press um, about their Intuit Assist product run off of their Gen OS, Artificial Intelligence Driven Assistance. So I know that you always stay very current on these things. I'm going to let you kind of lead out with telling the audience what this is. Uh, I have some comments of my own because I've been reading all about it like you have this week. So why don't you lead up by telling everybody, you know, what what is Intuit Assist? What is Gen OS? What are they up to? So a couple of days ago, Intuit did a live event, essentially a webinar, and they were teasing some sort of big release in QuickBooks and inviting all of us to attend. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm always of two minds of the for these events. Uh, some of them are directed at the pro advisors, at the accountants, and then some of them are really more targeted towards the investors. And I feel like this was more of an investor type of presentation. And they, they really wanted to let investors know they're working on AI, they're building it into the products, and I think they wanted to do an announcement before the end of the year for that reason. What we saw was the new chatbot that has been built into Intuit products, not just QuickBooks, but Credit Karma and uh, MailChimp, and it really spans across these different products and allows you to automate certain tasks. So the actual work that you can automate so far, mm, they're, they're not quite there yet, in my opinion, but it's a good start. If is that so so what we saw was the the very baby steps toward building generative AI into into a products. Yeah, so baby steps a good word for it, or incremental step, or something like that. And and it and my understanding is there's a little bit of intelligent output too, like some cash flow projections. So it's workflow and and output. Yeah, uh, but yeah. again, very yeah, so, light. Yeah, so the the actual examples that were shown uh, were generating customized invoice reminders for clients and sending those out automatically or even just typing into a chat box, please send out all my invoice reminders and QuickBooks just doing that via mm -hmm. the AI automation. So that's pretty cool, right? Not having to go into that screen and select the invoices and send them out and then customizing the text to be either more personal or more threatening depending on just how past due that client is. Um, that was kind of a neat automation. But again, like my reaction was, hey, we we can already automate this, right? There's already tools yes, exactly. to do this. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. when Jason Stats was kind of posting this, and I think he was posting it very clinically, he wasn't forming an opinion. 
but you you replied with that very specific opinion is hey, hey let me know when when it does something that yeah. that the ecosystem doesn't already do when you have products like anchor out there and i'm just using them as one example um much more sophisticated ar automation than what you could do through that anyway but what does it indicate about in in your opinion about intuit's future though because i i think the mm-hmm. present of this is largely what you talked about it's a way of saying hey we're here uh, it's kind of entering the playground of AI after others, well, not entering, that's not fair to into it. They've been on the playground for a while, but entering it with a big press release here um, to say, hey, we're making progress. Mm-hmm. But, but what does it indicate about the long-term direction of Intuit, in your opinion? So I think it indicates they're on the exact right path. Uh, like I'm very bullish about Intuit adopting this AI tech and using it to automate a lot of the work that we do manually inside of QuickBooks in particular right now. Um, So the invoice automation is just, I think, the easiest thing they could start with, which is smart. And what I'm really excited to see is what they do in the future. And in terms of automation, imagine being able to chat with the bot and say, recategorize all the transactions in this account for this period to this account for this period. Or I got that, you know, we've got duplicate customers. Can you go through all of my customers and figure out the duplicates and ask me which ones we should merge and then merge them for me in a conversational way? Um, There's also this ability to deliver insights, which I think is the area that's a little scarier for us accountants because that's always been our domain. And the specific example that Intuit showed was this cash flow forecasting that the AI is doing. Now, I'm always a little skeptical when I see a GL do cash flow forecasting because nobody's ever got, got it right yet. And, and there's a lot that goes into it, but AI could actually make this a really useful tool if QuickBooks has enough data to model out the cash flow and provide like useful alerts. Um, yeah. I don't know about it's, you, Joe. That's but- a good point. It's both clean data and complete data. And then how much of the actual transactional level data does it live in QuickBooks as it's increasingly an ecosystem platform and less of an operating system, especially when you have something attached like a Sin7, Katana, yeah. uh, you know, any of these products, uh, Finale, that manage order management on the front side. Well, they're just putting journal entries into QuickBooks. Right. So how much can it really interpret? But then that yeah. also begs the larger question of where is this need best served? Um, are best addressed, I should say, because for the majority of QuickBooks Online users, they're not going to attach other products, you know, like Giraffe or Plain Guru or QVinci. So, um, or Reach, even Reach, you know, it's much more ingestible. So I get it that the average QBO user might need to ask QBO what's going on. Maybe that same user doesn't have disparate data, which is hopefully they have clean and accurate data. But that's, um, that's always the dream. But yeah, it's always is the that, dream, right? How often but is that the reality, right? How often is the reality? Yeah. Yes. And so, I, so I, the way I'm looking at it is, let's say that let's let's advance forward, and I'll get your thoughts on this. Let's advance forward by five years or whatever. Let's say that Intuit's accomplished this amazing thing, and that that the average Joe QuickBooks user can can running their small business, making their widgets and gadgets, can go into QuickBooks, and they've got a complete data set and an accurate data set. Mm-hmm. And they have absolutely no data stored in other systems other than QuickBooks. So QuickBooks can give them a complete answer. Yes. So I still say 
we've got problems. All right, one is that's a pipe dream. If they have an accurate and complete set of information, they almost always have to have a QuickBooks Pro Advisor enabled bookkeeper involved, right? Yes, agreed. So, so what's going, you know, what what's going on with them since they're supposed to be playing the role, you know, of doing these things are, you know, and, and I, I'm going to argue that in five to 10 years, they can't afford to do that role unless they're providing the financial insights, right? So it kind of creates a, a chicken and egg or no win scenario problem there. And then the other thing is, does the business owner even know what questions to ask or what commands to give and how could they possibly, right? right? So that's number two. Yep. And then number three is, could a business that even needs to ask the questions that need to be asked, operate on QBO without add-ons, getting us back to the product disparity problem. So is Intuit running themselves under a brick wall here? Well, I think you made a very insightful comment when you said knowing what questions to ask, because that's the number one reason people aren't leveraging AI today right now is they don't know what questions to ask. Uh, and you could argue that our entire educational system in its ideal state is designed to teach people how to ask good questions. And so a lot of people get through college and they don't still don't know how to ask a good question. And that's why they struggle. Uh, I, I just did an interview yesterday with Jerry McGinnis, who was the former managing partner of KPMG in Philadelphia, all about how to succeed in a career in accounting. And he told me the number one trait that you need to have to succeed in the big four is to be inquisitive, to have a curious mind, to know how to ask the right questions. So AI is a tool that only works well if you know how to ask the right questions. And so accountants who know how to ask the right questions are going to be indispensable and we're going to be 10x or 20 or more efficient because of AI. And those small business owners generally don't know what questions to ask. And that's why they come to us. So um, I don't worry that it's going to replace us if we are doing that kind of work. If you are going into QuickBooks and coding transactions, and that's your main function, I think that's going to go away. Like the categorization of data can be done really efficiently by generative AI, especially if Intuit can figure out how to leverage its massive data set across all these organizations. And the dream is to be able to just code everything with 90 to 8% accuracy into the GL and have a chart of accounts that's good for that business. I think, yeah, and I think the missing piece there is because we've had the OCR, we've had the parsing, we've had the mapping, but still all of that requires somebody who understands what they're, what's happening on the back end. I think that's yeah. where generative AI is going to bring in some of those interpretations more fluidly. Like, you know, hey, you, you spent some money at a restaurant here, but it wasn't where you live. Therefore, I'm going to assume it's travel. You know, that right. that's something AI can do really well. Yeah, it can but, ask that question. It can say, but you just hey, answered I'm the not... question, though, yeah. is Intuit running themselves under brick wall? And, 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 and I agree with, I, if I understand your answer correctly, the answer is no, because they can put all these tools into the product and make them available to the end user all day long. They can talk about how 100 million people are going to benefit but it's only the people who can ask the right questions that can actually use it, yep. which means that, yeah, 100, 100 million people may benefit if they're supported by an accountant who knows how to ask the right questions. 100%. I love that answer. All right. <laughs> and that means even interpret the outcomes, because let's say that the you know these become so sophisticated that it can produce a powerful report output, you know, other than how much cash you're going to have in six weeks, which every business owner can understand. That's great. 
But let's take something as simple as how much cash you're going to have in six or eight weeks. And let's say that that's very accurate, very complete, but, you know, and they can get that on their own without a bookkeeper, a lot of assumptions there. Let's say that even that's true. And yeah. let's say it's a number they don't like. Do they know how to fix it? They don't. And AI cannot tell you at this point how to fix it. Correct. It, it can't look at your business model. Like QuickBooks doesn't have all the data it needs to understand your business model and then make recommendations for how you can operationally change your business to change your cash flow. It can just yes, tell you what your cash flow. The only thing it can do is go over to Credit Karma and recommend a loan. <laughs> That's right. right. And, I, <laughs> yeah. and I was chatting with some friends while we were watching this presentation and we saw the Credit Karma part come up, which is the most developed part, of course, because yeah. helping customers get more loans is the fastest way that Intuit can make more money very quickly. And I was joking. I said, oh, great. AI is going to help Americans get into more debt, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So because solving the problem with, with debt without a plan to service the right. debt, without a plan to increase the revenue. But then you start bringing in MailChimp. And I could see into it going, well, we'll just analyze all of their data and we'll put together a campaign that will generate short-term cash. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I guess in theory it works, but you still have to have the marketing expert and you still have to have the accounting expert um, in order to, it, or you can hurt yourself with these tools. I mean, I, 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 I'm convinced when I see what some people do on YouTube, I'm convinced that you should not be allowed to buy power tools without a license and attach certification, right? You should have qualifications to check out at a Home Depot. Um, yeah. But it, but that's my whole point in telling the joke is, and it's only a half joke. Um, my whole point in telling the joke is, um, you know, you can hurt yourself with tools. Oh, yeah. There was a guy who fell off his Peloton and trying to get back up, he killed himself. So right. like Americans, we have a, we have a, a very, we're very talented at, at harming ourselves and we need to be protected in, in many ways. I'm Correct. curious to know, Joe, what you think about all this AI regulation stuff that's happening. I just saw an article this morning in the Times about how two senators have proposed AI regulation and audits of companies that do AI. I mean, yeah. So it's a, a, it's, me, a, it's a yeah. darn if you do, darn if you don't situation. Obviously, I'm watching this very closely, though I haven't read every single piece of legislation, obviously, right? But I'm right. watching it from the surface. And, and here, here's the problem, Blake, is, is we desperately need it to protect ourselves. I just finished reading The Quantum Supremacy. Recommend that to all of our listeners, Blake. If you haven't put that on your read list, do it by Michio Kaku. Um, the quantum supremacy is going to, the quantum computing age is going to intersect the artificial intelligence age. It's going to be the creator of this great singularity. We're going to basically have before quantum and after quantum, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. It's going to be equivalent to BCAD. It's going to change the entire course of human, the human race. But here, here's the catch. If we regulate to protect ourselves from artificial intelligence, which I believe we must do, we slow down our development to defend ourselves from bad actors abroad, mm -hmm. whether they are within countries or their entire nation states who are going to use artificial intelligence against us. So we, so we must protect ourselves from bad actors. Yep. Therefore, we must rapidly advance it. We must regulate to protect ourselves from AI. Therefore, we must regulate it. There is mm -hmm. no right answer. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I was at a startup networking event this week, and one of the founders has raised $5 million to build AI flying drones for the U.S. military. And I understand the, the 
the thought, like the worries behind that is like these are autonomous drones and not like the little ones that are like little helicopters that you see, you know, people take right. pictures with cameras. Well, they're these weaponized. Are, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. These are weaponized, um, basically fighter jets without right. pilots. And, you know, he's got contracts and they're working on it. And there's a bunch of companies working on it. And if we've got a bunch of startups working on that here, imagine how many, you know, programs are being funded in China and in Russia and in India and all of the major powers. So it's, it's, a, it's an, it's a new arms race, right? It's it a is. New, it's a new arms race. Yeah. And, Artificial and, intelligence is an arms race. Quantum computing is an arms race and they're about to converge. Yeah. And so if I had to, if I had to, to make a choice between the lesser of the two evils, I would make the choice to not heavily regulate the development of AI because the dangers we would do to ourselves would only, would hopefully be less than the dangers that would be enacted upon us by bad actors. But it is yep. the least of two evils. Yeah, my to bring it back to accounting, my biggest worry is these AI autonomous agents being deployed to defraud companies. Uh, so like taking up all the security threats that we've been facing over the last 20 years to another notch. And, and that's something that, as accountants and, and accounting and finance professionals, we have to defend companies against those threats. And it's going to be really hard when you can't tell the difference between a person on a Zoom call and an AI avatar on a Zoom call. We are that close to the point where, like, we're already at the point where I can clone my voice and you can't tell the difference, Joe. Like 70% accuracy. <laughs> of people can't tell the difference between an AI voice clone and the real person. Hmm. At this point. And right. then the video avatars are getting there too. So imagine you get, you know, a video message from the CEO telling you to wire money real fast somewhere. Like people aren't going to know to question that. Correct. So, That's yeah. correct. And um, so there are dangers in all of this. And of course, as a thought leader and as a figure within, with a platform within the industry like you are, I mean, my, my, you know what? I don't lose sleep over it, but it crosses my mind every once in a while. What if some some bad actor, somebody that just says, you know, just doesn't like Joe, wants to create something where I go out and I make a homophobic statement or a racist statement mm -hmm. or whatever, and by the time I can prove it's a bot, the damage is done. Yeah, right. So I think I, you're going to see a lot more of that too, sort of vindictive um, behaviors to take down public figures. And already we're seeing bad actors mimic parents, they're, you know, to are the, the kids of parents so that they think their kid's been kidnapped and things like that. Yep. So but one yeah, thing so I'm if we bring people, that to the business world, you're right. The, the propensity for fraud is incredible. Yep. So, so one thing I'm advising everyone do right now is with your family and with your business, come up with a code word. And they should probably be different. And that code word is what you use to identify yourself on a phone yes. call. If something, yeah. if there's an emergency, everyone needs to know that um, because if, if you, you cannot trust a phone call these days, it's so the voice cloning and the, the fidelity of a phone call, it's so low that it's easy enough to fake it. So, yes. Remember the tokens and in inception, right? Yeah. Is anything yep, yep. that just validates this is the real thing yeah. um, is probably what's going to, and then you have to change those up on a regular basis, right? Um, I, I agree completely. And, and Randy Johnson has been saying that you need to do this in email. Like if I know if I send Randy Johnston an email that has a link in it, I better mm -hmm. tell him something only he and I could ever know. <laughs> you know, like two years ago at a conference in, 
in Vegas, you told me this in the hallway standing by the bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. Then he'll click my link. Um, so, but, but smart, right? He's not paranoid. He's smart. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, now what about the overall direction though of the industry? Cause we've talked about sort of the impact, you know, the impact upon the industry. Yeah. But, but if we fast forward five to 10 years or so, you know, what, what, what do you envision the, the industry looking like a life in a day in the life of the accounting professional, um, add on software versus GL software. So what technological systems are they working in? What are they doing with their day? Let's say 10 years from now, what, what do you project? Well, so the accounting profession is very large. So it yes. depends what area we're talking about. Um, I think a lot about those young accountants coming out of school who are the future of our profession, the future CPAs. I'm a CPA, so I'm invested in that. Um, and I want to go to the small business stuff, but briefly, just first, can we talk about audit? Because that's where sure. two thirds, two thirds of accountants start their careers in audit, and they spend a few years there at least, at big firms mostly. And I think that is the area where there's going to be a ton of disruption because a lot of the work that young auditors do is very rote and very manual, and it's same as last year, and it's roll forward the work papers, and it's go out and do this cash confirmation, and that is very automatable with AI. Yes. And, and so I think we're going to see these big consulting firms, the big four, uh, deploy AI and they might not need so many young staff auditors. They might figure yeah. out that. So I mean, even now you've got solutions like field guide that are doing it yep. with coding and not as much AI, right. throw the AI in, I couldn't agree more plus distributed ledgers, right? You start throwing all these yep. factors in and I agree the, the grunt work or legwork of audit is, is going to be gone. Now, there'll probably still be plenty of jobs because we've already got this huge talent shortage, right? But it's going to disrupt like the the education of accountants and that first job. Like what we're teaching them now is not what they need to know to be successful in a few years. So that's going to create a lot of tension. So is their new entry point going to be CAS, Client Accounting Services? Well, and that's my hope is that we'll get more of these young auditors. Instead of going into audit, they'll come into industry and working at small firms and helping small businesses because- Everyone wants meaning in their work. Most people do anyway. Um, and I find there's a lot more meaning in working with small businesses than working with giant conglomerates uh, on the accounting side anyway. So I, I hope that that can like, restore our profession if we go back to our roots doing accounting for Main Street businesses. And it's going to change to get to that, how it's going to change working with small businesses is I think it's going to get a lot easier um, to move data between systems. That's been the big challenge of running a CAS practice is connecting all these apps and keeping all the data flowing in the pipes because it breaks all the time, right, Joe? And that's yes. the big frustration. AI can help troubleshoot that. It can help automate that. It can help fix that. It can help create integrations where integrations don't even exist. That's the beauty of it. So like the future of Zapier or Make is that an AI agent just maintains that connection for you and automatically adjusts based on interface changes and API changes. I was talking with uh, Sage CTO Aaron Harris over earlier this year, and he told me that he has been using ChatGPT to write code for the Sage Intact API, and it writes perfect code. And he knows that it writes perfect code because he wrote the code 20 years ago himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So API maintenance, I think it's going to be a lot easier. 
And that's going to automate the flow of the data. So our jobs are going to get a lot less painful when it comes to technology. That's my hope. And we won't but need still, as many You tools. still think it's going to be stacking as heavily, technology stacking as heavily as we have to today? Or are you going to see a consolidation as a result of AI? Hopefully fewer apps. Because app That's fatigue what I'm hoping is a, too. a big problem, right? Now, I mean, when I say fewer apps, I mean, maybe we go from 20 to 10, right? Or, or a handful. Um, or for single apps picking up a wider range of features. Yeah. You know. and, and they can do it because they don't have to build the user interface for everything. They can use a chat bot to do a lot of it now. And the user interface is what takes a long time to build in many cases. Like the underlying database is, is easier. Um, Correct. So... So, you know, that, that offers a lot of possibility. Um, and I mean, I, I see like another, ten, another level of productivity happening because of AI. Like the, the, we saw, I saw personally my time to do bookkeeping, accounting, cast work drop 80, 90% when I went to cloud with my, when I was a freelancer and with my firm. So I was able to fix my fees increased my margins, my effective hourly rate went from $20 an hour to $100 an hour real fast, changed my life. And I think the same thing now is going to happen again. We're going to go another step function up, right? And so you're going to see firms doing casts that are like making $500 to $1,000 an hour because of these efficiencies. And effective that's gonna, bill rate. I'm sure you're right, not recommending so you bill by the hour, but effective bill rate. Yeah. Effective bill rate. Right. I don't recommend you yeah. bill by the hour because... <laughs> How, I actually asked ChatGPT to help me bill by the hour using AI, and it said, I can't do that. That's unethical. You need to bill exactly the time that it takes you to do the task. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is not going to work when AI makes no. you 100 times more efficient. But your effective hourly rate. Or effective, yes. Absolutely. Our effective rate is going to actually exceed tax partners yeah. and audit partners if we do this yes. right. And that's going to draw a ton of accountants into the profession. Uh, into the CAS profession, bookkeeping and accounting, all this work that was looked down on for so long. Yes. And I think we're actually going to rise well, won't to the it top. it still be looked down upon? Because the work that they look down upon today, and I'm not agreeing that they should look down on it because my primary market I service are the people that are crunching general ledgers right now and automating, of course. But, but I service the non-credentialed CAS space as well as the credentialed, my background is all non-credentialed. You know my background. Yep. So my point is um, that no, you know it should never have been the bottom of the totem pole because it's foundational, not lesser than. But I agree. Yeah. But yes, and I, I'm sure you do. But but I still I still think they're going to relegate it in their minds. I think it's, they're going to even relegate it more because now the bots are doing it. I, I, I and I think mm. we would agree on this. But I, I think or I think we're saying the same thing. I think what's going to happen is the CAS of tomorrow doesn't have an accounting A in it. I think the CAS of tomorrow is client advisory services. And the accounting is just presumed to be automatically done. Um, I, I like to say that bookkeeping is the travel agency of this decade. Right. And um, not accountancy, but bookkeeping is the travel agency of this decade. But you know what's not going away, Blake? We still have, because my wife and I travel a lot, we still have a travel advisor yeah. who screens hotels for us, who tells us where to eat when we get to certain cities, and who tells us which order of cities we should visit in XYZ country. Um, we have a travel advisor, but then they we, we don't need them to book it. Yep. It's, it's, it's really analogous. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think 
it's hard to imagine, but just picture a firm that has a cast practice that's not 10% of their revenues, which is what it is now in general. Like I'm talking about a, a mid-sized accounting firm, right? Picture one where it's like half of their revenues. Hmm. And then picture the people that are running that practice um, and how much knowledge and responsibility they have to keep all that stuff working. They're going to have a voice in that firm for the first time in a way that they never have. And I think that's going to change that look of the profession. I couldn't agree more. I, I tell people when I do consult into larger firms, and we do consult into the top 500, Deb Deffer just joined the team. You've probably seen that, Todd Robinson. We're really leaning into that segment. We tell people in the top 500 space, if you're a managing partner and you don't have CAS as a dominant part of your portfolio, you will not be in power five to 10 years from now. Because right now, tax has all the power. We let out with audit, but you know this, tax has all the power in the top 500. And, it, and CAS mm -hmm. will have all the power because the power goes where the revenue goes. That's right. And, and that's where the industry is going. And, and, that, the, and AI is going to drive all the mundane part of that. So it's a beautiful future. But we're, unfortunately, we have about, you know, anybody's estimation, 125,000 all the way to 500,000, depends on how you define them. I tried to define them as the 125,000, something above Schedule C, even if you're sole prop, uh, as a bookkeeper, you have a, you're a real company, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's over 100,000 displaced workers. If we can't get them even non-credentialed, get them to elevate what they do. And I know they've been hearing this message for decades, but now there is no more wait time. You either need to no. go ahead and sell your book or you need to get busy about this because it, it's no longer, we're no longer being chicken little here. Things have already started falling from the sky. Um, we got to get on it. Final comment? Why, yeah, I, I mean, this is the moment. This is the change that we have been waiting for. And you've been talking about this for a decade or more and it's happening. And so like, I'm, I'm just really excited to see the impact. Like we've, we've visualized this, we've imagined it and now it's happening. And the question is just how big will it be? How big will it be? And how fast will it come? Yeah. And absolutely. That's a great, great thought to end on. A couple of books I would strongly recommend you read uh, are The Quantum Supremacy by Michio Kaku, as well as The Future of the Professions, which has just gone through a, uh, a new edition by Daniel Suskind. And you can get uh, links to both of those books over on Kindle at water.com slash podcast, as well as some, some notes and other resources associated with today's podcast. All that is discoverable at water.com slash podcast. Also next week. So if you're listening to this anytime after September the 10th, which you probably are, because that's when it'll launch, you can go to the water report. You can see my article about Intuit Assist. And I'm sure, Blake, you'll be discussing it with David Leary on an upcoming accounting podcast episode of your own. Uh, safe to assume? Oh, yeah. We, we're recording. I'm recording right after this, and we're going to be digging into that Intuit Assist and the regulation and all the app stuff. So, yeah, if uh, if your listeners don't yet listen to the Accounting Podcast, search for the number one accounting podcast. All right, the number one accounting podcast, which I am happy to tell you as a podcast host that you have, and congratulations on that. I'm definitely not in that poll position, so that's great for you. And uh, what's the actual URL? Uh, you can go to accounting.show. 
accounting.show. All right, so you can check out Blake and David's thoughts on that there. We've already heard mine and Blake's thoughts here, and then my article on the Woodard Report about Intuit Assist. Blake, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit woodard.com slash podcast.